0: In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, what is Advanced OSINT? Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I'm your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we'll be exploring what is Advanced OSINT Joining me for this podcast is Ryan McDougal and Colin Hadnagy and also Michael, who is a, a friend of, uh, of Ryan. I met him at DerbyCon um, and this is where this was actually recorded. I'm trying to record at conferences a little bit more, but um, we had a, a, a conversation around advanced OSINT and this was largely because I took the advanced OSINT course put on by social uh, engineer um which is Chris Hednaggy's uh company um but the advanced osint stuff is something that Ryan and Colin are doing a little bit more and they, they did a fantastic job it was a really great course and uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into that and some of the you know different techniques about osinting and and we even get into you know fishing people within an organization which I thought was a a nice little I guess sidebar to the the topic of advanced OSINT and kind of how that applies, but um, yeah, it was a really great course. And um, what I liked about it was the fact that they showed very specific techniques and tools. So some courses cover just a wide breadth of OSINT and and techniques and tools, and you know they can throw a lot of stuff at you. This course is designed more as like a precursor to some of the social engineers. Uh, more advanced courses or longer courses where they, they take five days to go, you know, do some social engineering type of training. And this is a course to kind of, you know, get people up. Uh, it's only like a two day course. Uh, so it's perfect for DerbyCon who has two day courses. And um, what I really liked about it was the fact that they they showed us their specific techniques and tools. And then gave us an opportunity to dive in and get a little bit of experience going forward with this. I, I got a lot of experience specifically around like Maltigo and uh, using that more effectively because if, if you get Maltigo and you jump into it it can it can be a little intimidating and, and take some time and effort to um, learn how to use it effectively. And so that's what was really great about this course is that we got into Maltigo, believe on the second day. And had an opportunity to kind of get in there and do... And they showed us some of the different things. And then once they showed us that, they allowed us to play with it. So I wasn't just... Uh, doing what they had said, go look at this person. But I was able to then go look at my own company or look at other companies or, you know, just kind of play around with it for a little bit. So uh, really great course. Highly recommend it. They will have uh, future courses. Um, The next one is April 23rd and 24th, 2019 in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Make sure you bring Ryan and Colin whiskey. Uh, they, They really enjoy some whiskey. Um also Ryan is speaking at Pacific Hackers Conference November 9th through the eleventh, uh, twenty eighteen. So be sure to go check that out. It's coming up. I am releasing this as a bigger episode and and that's because I'm I'm releasing in the middle of the week and so that will cover, you know, usually a release on Sundays. That covers this past Sunday and then the next Sunday. Um Kind of, you know, playing around with the format, a little bit of the podcast, looking at a couple of different things. To be honest, I it's been really hard to mo- to motivate myself to do editing, schedule guests. Uh, I have one more potential podcast uh, t- to release from DerbyCon, um, but, it, you know, I might just take the whole December off. Not really sure. We'll see how that goes. I, I should have more information and kind of uh, understanding of where I want to go with the podcast um, in the next couple episodes, which, like I said, will will potentially be released uh, during the Thanksgiving holiday. So more to come on that. Um, I will we'll update you, dear listeners, on what's going on. Um, but with that, uh, let's get right into what you're here for, uh, Advanced Docent. So, Gardening. Let's do a podcast on gardening and how it applies <laughs> to OSIN. I can't do that, but I can talk gardening all day long. Yeah, you could. So you can't talk OSIN is what you're saying? <laughs> I, it's can... am, I mean, it's amazing to me. Like, how many people? Like, I this is like a small podcast, and like, like I I I see it as a small podcast, right? And it's just like amazing to me how many people like I, I, I get on and they're just like you, they're just very nervous because they don't know what to expect. I mean, I guess what's some of the you just fearful of people listening to it or it's more wondering how many people actually want to hear what I have to say okay so it's a lot like speaking and yeah but I mean it's also just us yeah with a microphone so, like, we're in, we're in a safe space this huh? is our safe space our security safe space
1: I'm all, all things, I'm all about doing things. I'm all about doing things that make me uncomfortable. Weird. So yeah.
0: we <laughs> can put a lampshade around the microphone, and then we can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Disguise the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just better to attack your. Imagine it fears. as Wilson. We'll call this um, Steve. It'll be Steve. Steve the microphone. I know a lot of Steve, so I you know a lot. Of Steve. It's all right. We'll we'll get through this. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm trying not. To, I'm trying not to make it like a very in, in like question. Like again, it's like like a conversation. Because we did.
1: I got You guys up were questions. hanging out over there.
0: What? I got your list of questions. questions. Yeah. yeah. Let's start. Okay. You ask the question, and then you get to answer it yourself. I get to answer my own question. That sounds like. Can a you read theory. that? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is OSINT, and why do you enjoy teaching it? Mmm. Oh, it's a leading question. What is? That's mi- a very
0: good question, Colin.
1: <laughs> What's the mindset you need? No, let's start with the first one. And what is the most interesting? tool you found. You. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! You're my most interesting tool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know it's not a compliment,
0: but... <laughs> <laughs> so, I how, so, mean, know. how did it get started? How did what get started? The, the advanced OSINT course. Oh, that was the brainchild of Chris. Yeah.
1: So he teaches uh, the OSINT part as part of the APSE course,
0: so is it like an introductory course then for that course? Because it's APC, a one-day course. Yeah, the APC. APSE. APES. APSE. Advanced A-P-S-E, practical A-P-S-E, social sorry. engineering. it's late. We're drinking whiskey. Sorry, I'm <laughs> keeping. I I've been have recording a slight, the whole time. So I have cool. like a slight. Dis, I might have a slight dyslexia where I just mix stuff around. That's fine. Advanced A-P-S-E, practical A-P-S-E, social engineering. Yes, that makes sense. And so this is like an introductory, like one-day course.
1: As part of the five-day APSE course, OSINT is one of those days. And so that's a very introductory uh, experience to OSINT. You get some Google dorking, you get a little bit of Maltigo, and that's pretty much it.
0: And then, so is that, what every student has to take that before they can get to the APSE course? No, that is part of the APSE course. Oh, okay. So, it's like the, the one that you've, it's yeah. been expanded out to, because you yeah, did so a DirkCon last year. A
1: lot of students, a lot of students uh, wanted to know more about the OSINT part, and so the idea of creating a two-day course based exclusively on OSINT was born through that idea. Was that was that just first started last year? No, he's been doing it for a number of Before years. For that, has he? Yeah. It, it only happens years. at DerbyCon because it's a it's a two-day course and you can't do the
0: APSC in a two-day course.
1: Yeah. But we've done it overseas a couple times as well.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's cool. It's been in Bristol. So what's far. the difference between like going like here and overseas? It's got to be a little bit different going over to a European country and teaching osint type stuff. Because they have different laws and, like, different resources and things like that. Or am I off on that? No.
1: I mean, that's accurate. It's But we teach a very specific curriculum about how SECOM does OSINT on a daily basis. So, you know, we, that's what we teach. And so the laws may be different for whatever region that we're in, but we kind of leave that onus up to the students to understand that when they take to do this professionally, they need to understand the laws of their area.
0: Right. Well, yeah, you, I guess you you have, like, mentioned to me that you're, like, focusing on mindset more than anything and critically thinking about stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what makes that's what makes our class different from other OSINT classes that are available, is that some will just give you a list of tools that here, this tool does this, and then they move on to the next tool, this does this, and they just kind of go through it, and they maybe do a quick demonstration of it, but it's more about packing in more tools, and, and we're of the mindset of you don't... it's. It's a construction worker style of analogy where, and I and I said this one in the class, you know, a, you can build a house with a hammer and a saw, or you can build a house with all these really fancy cutting machines and all these right. high-tech, super expensive things, but ultimately all you need is a hammer and a saw. And so right. we teach the hammer and the saw methodology of OSINT. Is right. We teach you how what it means to be an OSINT investigator, and then give you a couple tools to kind of show you how that works right
0: yeah. well and then actually I guess in that analogy f- f- uh, focusing more on like the actual structure of the house and how you're building it up
1: well yeah and a lot of in and, and we take these four or five tools and we go we do the four or five tools and go five miles deep as opposed to doing a hundred tools going like three feet deep Mm -hmm. like into how to use it that's why we spend so much time google dorking and we spend so much time with maltigo it's maybe you as when you're working you don't get that opportunity to use that as frequently maybe you've never used these tools or you're never given the time to really just kind of play with the ideas
0: and so we try to give the the opportunity to do that right and that's what i've noticed like today it was like Here's Google Dorking, which is usually like 15 minutes. This is how Google Dork works. Here's some of the cool ones, and then move on to the next topic. Whereas right. you're like, here's Google Dorking. All right, throw some of your favorite Google Dorks in Slack channel. Let's spend an hour just seeing what we can find. Cause yeah, try to find the best. There's always up. new stuff out there.
1: Yeah, and when you get a class collaborating like that, you you get to see so many different mindsets of people and how mm-hmm. they approach a problem. And that's what's going to be the most beneficial to everyone in the class is the when we have that moment of, I'm looking for this thing, but I can't find it. And then someone else went to go find something totally else, but used a technique. And you're like, oh, I can use that to do this. And then you find what you want. Right. And it just kind of broadens your horizons on the, the possibilities of what you can do with that with that concept. Yeah, I heard a Not couple, so much a tool.
0: Yeah, I heard a couple people behind me talking about that. They're like, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, oh, I just try this. I'm like, oh, that works. So that's, that's really cool. That it's you. an exploratory learning experience.
1: Right. More well, so than
0: us just dictating and lecturing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems a little bit more free-flowing and that you guys can, you know, kind of be a little bit more creative and a little more spontaneous when looking up stuff. And that's how that's how OSINT works on a day-to-day basis. Pretty much, yeah. Well, and, like, things are changing because we've kind of talked about that. So we used... Um, I'm going to forget the name of what tool we used today. FOCA. FOCA. And yes. we were talking about that, like, how it used to be, like, such a great tool. But now, because of the way Google's changed things, it's a little bit harder to get things done.
1: Yeah, it... Yeah, because of Google's uh, CAPTCHA mechanism when it detects if you're a robot or not, FOCA can't handle that. So sometimes you'll get one search out of it, and it'll work, and you'll be able to do what you need to with the metadata extraction, and then the second time you do that search, you will get zero results even for the same target because right. because your FOCA just doesn't know how to handle the CAPTCHA.
0: See, I don't, I don't understand that because I was playing with that a little bit where I, I kicked off FOCA, and then I would go to Google myself and yep. like Chrome, yep. And I wouldn't get the capture though. Yep. Like, what, what does it just trigger on the user agent then, or something, or what? It, that's part of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's the with the with when you put a tool there, it just it's behaving differently, right? It's it's doing it at a rapid pace. Like you'll see when we use MetagooFill, it's explaining to you what it does at the bottom, right? Right. It's waiting thirty seconds between each search, which right. takes a bit of time but it's still faster than a person can do it and with foca getting bogged down by all those things and being existent, it is sometimes more reliable to use that kind of tool but like like we mentioned before like sometimes you don't have the tool like you go we go to another country or the tool changes now you still know how to do the search in your own you can go to foca okay hey foca what would you do to do this search there it is. Oh, what do I need from this, you Now yeah, you no, understand. No, I, just,
0: you know I had to turn on logging for that, though. Like, it didn't automatically pop up mm-hmm. until I had to enable logging. Hands. Oh, yeah, sorry. But it's, <laughs> this? Yeah. it's fine. Whatever it need to do to get, get the point across. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. We're interacting here, man. Just because they can't hear us doesn't mean that. You're doing it for the people, man. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> so if you can't tell,
2: I'm moving my, hand, my left hand up. Yes, let's play by play while you <laughs> And my right hand below. Mostly I'm set. But the idea is you can break out. Pieces of the code, and then we yeah. teach you how to understand what you're looking at. Right. So, like, I don't understand coding, but I imagine if you break out a piece of code and explain that line to me, oh, I get that piece of that piece of code now. And that's what we're doing is we're teaching you not coding per se, but the language in which Google and the machines control information.
0: Right. Well, and that's uh, and and uh, I think we failed to mention that focus like a. It pretty much scrapes a website for all PDFs. Uh, and metadata docs. extraction
1: tool. So yeah. it,
0: it actually looks at like 15 to 16 different file types, and it will
1: extract metadata out of those. Yeah. And in its heyday, it would you all you do would give it a domain, and you'd uh, start the the scan process, and it'll search multiple search engines and find multiple file types on the domain that you specified, and then download them all, and then extract all the metadata out of them, so then you can find users listed in as authors or software packages that were used to make that which from an OSINT perspective is really help- helpful because now you either have exact usernames of people who have built documents or you've had software packages that you can potentially exploit from a network penetration st- standpoint right. and even so far as defining out networks that are hosting those files so now you get a layout of their general infrastructure
0: you can even collect like OS information, like what, fun- yep. what 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 operating system was this? And
1: sometimes people have passwords in documents that folks will serious? scrape out. Really? Know. Yeah. So it's in its heyday, it was awesome for that as a one-stop shop metadata extraction tool. Did they stop updating it, or is it just, just tougher for them to update it? Well, the original authors, which is the original version of it, which is what we use in the class by the original authors, uh, has not been updated in multiple years because the authors abandoned the project. And so then a second company, 11Paths, came along and picked up that project. They either bought it off the original authors or somehow acquired it because it's closed source, and they open sourced it. So now they host it on GitHub, and they have been making updates to it. But I don't use that version in the class because it requires us to install SQL Server Express as its back end, whereas the original FOCA just did it all internally. And so there's a whole added element of complexity to it. And I found in my initial testing, some of it might not have been as stable in the environments I was testing in. And I just didn't have the time because a class was coming up to be able to really figure that out. And so I just use what I know works. And then in the class, I offer the newer version to the students to be able to play that, with them. Is own. that FOCA Pro? FOCA Pro is the one that we use in the class. The FOCA Master is the GitHub repository of the updated version. Okay. And they I... have updated it even within 2018. They've updated it. And it uses different search engines, but uh, the setup is a little bit more complex, and I didn't find
0: the added complexity to a benefit in the class. Really? Well, because I I clicked on something, and I had to install, like, .NET or something. Yeah, yeah, the .NET 3.5... Framework just. Also, oh, like I'm it. installing a, an older version of .NET now on my computer.
1: Yes. So what you say? Okay. Yeah. To be able to run the GUI. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <I'm> so, <laughs> you, so your OSINT machine should never yeah. be an actual real machine. That's very important.
1: There's actually there's there's techniques that people use where they create a VM for their OSINT, And then they snapshot it before they do an investigation. And then you use whatever tools you need to use during your investigation. You gather all your information. You export that information off. And then you wipe your VM back. Because sometimes doing OSINT, you put yourself on questionable websites that may or may not have something bad. So we never really recommend doing a lot of OSINT from your actual regular work machine. Because you may end up on sites that are not... uh, as legitimate as normal right. web browsing. So working from a VM, working from some VDI system and snapshotting that and doing a new one for each investigation covers two bases. It, it One, it prevents you from having to worry about getting infected with something because it's, it's a throwaway machine once you gather your information. And the second is you don't want to mix investigations. So you don't want to yeah. contaminate yeah. one investigation with another's data. So you start out with a fresh VM, you do your investigation, you export your data in whatever menu you have, then you wipe that away, and when you do your next investigation, you know you're starting from a fresh starting point. Right. So I don't care about visiting bad websites because it's a throwaway machine.
0: Right, right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Plus, when you're extracting metadata, you have to download those files. You're not extracting it on the web. Besides that one picture we showed you where the site was doing it for you, it's you have to have that information on your machine. So... We are paid to click all of the things sometimes. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do that. I do that from an incident response standpoint. So we get a phishing email in, and it's like you just you don't know if it's a cred phishing site or if it's malware. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we have the same thing set up where it's a it's a machine offsite. It's on its own network. It's not on the corporate network. It doesn't have the corporate image. And it's like we click on it and then go through it and then try to figure out what it's actually doing. And I've got multiple VMs set up. So if I, you know, usually open it up on like a, a Linux or Unix operating system first, and then if it's like, it's trying to execute an executable, okay, well, let's go open the Windows machine and see what it actually does. Mm-hmm. And that's just so we can get indicators of compromise. We can kind of, you know, ask users then, if you clicked on this link, did you see a black box pop up and then go away immediately. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think that's a pretty big thing, so. What's the next question on the list? On <laughs> <laughs> Colin's
1: list. <laughs> the the second one is what is the mindset you need?
0: Yeah, what is the mindset you need? We talked <laughs> about that a little bit, but what is the mindset you need? A very
1: open mind. You need to you need to Follow multiple paths and, and know when to quit. It's it's one of the things with OSINT that a lot of people don't understand.
3: Yeah, a lot of
0: juniors struggle with that too. I've noticed that where it's yeah. like, yeah. And like with an AppSec testing, we do like, um, Tim Tom's gave me this one. was like five five minutes or five tries. And if you don't get something, you know, because you can spend a lot of time on on like burp or, or zap pulling up a SQL injection. You can, you know, bang your head against it, but there's mm-hmm. another mitigating factor mm-hmm. And you could spend hours on that and then, you know, you just wasted hours on it where you could be finding other things within the application.
1: Yeah. So it depends from an OSINT perspective, it depends whether you're doing it professionally or you're doing it as a hobby, which lots of people do OSINT as a hobby, which means you have endless amount of time and right. no matter how long things take. Right. But from a professional standpoint, which is what we're trying to teach, the you have a limited amount of time to perform mm-hmm. the task. So you can't... and. OSINT is nothing but rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. That's like you can find a thousand different rabbit holes and each of them are a thousand right. miles deep and only one or two of them are going to give you what you need for your goal which often is required from a professional OSINT is you have a goal to find. So once you know what your goal is then you start going down the rabbit holes you think that are going to be most productive to accomplish that goal. And sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't work out. And yeah. you need to know when to call it quits and go back, which is why we advocate really good documentation. Right. Because then you can follow your path back and go down a different fork in the road.
0: Do you, Now with documentation, do you do anything with like, do you recommend like whiteboards or some kind of like, there's like the spidering things that you can create that will have like connecting things to different things. Like how do you, like as far as documentation goes, is this just one note or like what is it? It's all. It depends on how your team
1: is set up. If you have a team, if you're a sole investigator, like lots of different variables are in place for what type of documentation. We work as a team. We like to work on shared documents in a consistent format, so I can work on one target for an hour. And then stop working on that and hand it over to Colin, and Colin can pick it up and work it for an hour, and he won't go down the same rabbit holes that I did because of the methodology that we document.
0: Right. Okay. So you just kind of you just kind of choose something as a team.
1: Yeah, it's been
2: worked out through trial and error over the years. It's it's always changing. It it seems uh, depending on the structure of the team, or how we find. Oh, this hasn't been working. This works. Let's try this. Yeah. Um, one thing we always recommend is that you own whatever you're putting the information on. Like, we have servers that we store our internal information on. Other, like putting it on something like OneNote or, um, what's the other one that used to be big? Um. Evernote. Evernote. Mm-hmm. Um. Those things are out there floating. And you don't know who might be attacking them. So you'd ever want to put yourself or your client's information that might be up there, because we're finding stuff that's dangerous for a client right. on us on something that you don't own and have are sure is secure. So that is like the only real tip besides document everything, because eventually you will find out. Oh, that was his ex-wife, and that's why there's two different names on this property document, <laughs> and that's where this kid comes from, but does not related to this wife. Right. Um, and that stuff happens all like all the time, and will drive you insane at night. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And if you go too far down the wrong rabbit hole, you've wasted a whole lot of time. Yeah. You likely
0: missed the opportunity. To find your <laughs> you gotta gotta yeah. set boundaries, and it's like you kind of gotta be like I don't know. It's I don't know what what are your triggers for when you feel like you've gone too far.
1: When I feel like I'm going in an endless circle, like I keep finding the same information over and over and over again, but it's, I either can't verify any of that information anywhere else, right? or that's the only information that I keep seeing. I know that i either went down a dead end or I'm in a wrong information zone.
0: Do you ever consider something like off-limits? Like, and I guess it kind of depends on the scenario, but one good example is... Like kids. Like a, a, when you hit somebody's kids, you're kind of like, I, I cannot go down this path too far. Or like, I, that's like just a, a point, and it's like, that's that point.
1: Not really. Yeah. It depends. I mean, nothing is off limits given the scope you, that's been defined by your client. Right. So that's what your limiting factors are. So if we are doing OSINT on a, a number of executives and they say that anything is fair game then we will go find out everything about their kids and use that against them. Use that as like a phishing email? We have. We've we've done phishing emails where we purported to come from one executive's daughter's private school and it had a PDF of some performance thing that she was a part of Mm. and he totally clicked. Mm -hmm. And that was because it was fair game. But then we have other clients that say, no, you don't go after families. Just try to figure out whatever you can about the executive themselves. Right. And so then we kind of stay within that realm. Yeah. And even so we'll report it that we found it. Like we've like, yeah, if th- we've incidentally
2: found it, then we will report on it, but we might not use yeah. it. Right. Like we've, we've had fish that we have elected not to use before just because it wasn't what the trigger we wanted for that person. Like, um, we found out that we found out the I found out that the anniversary of uh, one of our clients um, executives mother had died from cancer mm. and he don't we knew that he donated and did bike rides for these different cancer societies and my thinking was well if we send this out now he's going to click it and yeah. it was like that was one of the ones that was like yeah, that's that that is that is okay. That's too far. Yes, we report that, right. but we don't use that. Right. So th- there are times when we discuss as a team, and they're like, yeah, that would work, but we don't we don't use that. But we do look into everything that because let's say you don't look into that kid, but that kid's been making the whole family vulnerable, right? And now that kid's in danger. If you don't look into it. That family may never know. Right. So for for our like we're not being bad guys. We're trying to help. So us being in that um, adversarial mindset mm-hmm. for the moment is good for that individual. It's not. It's
1: not harmful in the long run. It's it, basically like a a safe testing area. So we will show them how vulnerable they are in a totally safe manner. Right. They a lot of them appreciate it, and they some of them who have tried to say that they don't have a large internet presence and then get re- can't get presented with the report that we produce right. are actually quite surprised at the amount of information is that's actually available on them that could be used against them in an attack.
0: Yeah, yeah. For like example, the with the cancer donation stuff, yeah. it's like it's like you, you you just know that like that's easy mode. That's I yeah. I, I have him. And, but you know, I I love that you still report on that because it's like. It, that will bring some awareness to it. Is that, it's that's a vulnerability. That, yeah, like emotionally he'll read that report and realize, oh, that is a vulnerability within my own thinking process and being able to recognize so a fish. A, so
1: a social engineer's primary attack vectors is emotions, right? ultimately. Yeah. So we either try to attack them via greed, fear, uh, sex, works a lot, <laughs> and, <laughs> Sex a, works a lot Sex works food. a lot Yeah food. Well maybe food If it's emotional for that person So if they are a foodie And they're posting on their social media Taking pictures of every meal that they take Then yeah Maybe food is a trigger for them okay. But it's really trying to To get them out of Critical thinking mode Which The opposite of critical thinking Is emotional thinking it's, Right It's literally a polar opposite Yeah So if you can't do both you're either emotional about a situation or you're critically thinking about it. Right. And so what we teach is how to show them what we can do from an emotional standpoint, but then once they do click on it, then we go back to them and say, all right, now if you looked at this and you're starting to feel emotional about something, that's, that's almost a trigger in itself that if you're emotional about something you just received at work, you should sit back for a minute. I mean, most any situation can stand to be waited on for a minute to two minutes unless it's like a life and death situation, Right. So as long as it's not a life and death situation, take a minute or two minutes to sit back and let your emotional brain... Dissipate. Let the chemicals in your brain actually dissipate that are causing that emotion. And then you'll be able to look at it critically and think about it and say, all right, well, they're they're asking for my password and I really don't know who this person is. So I probably shouldn't do that. But if you've done it in an emotional way and they react emotionally, they're going to click on it and they're going to put in their credentials because they're curious maybe, which is another
0: major. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like
1: we found these pictures of you on the Internet and we're going to post them. People are like, what pictures? Or, you know, if you have enough information, we know about your pictures from your Mexican trip okay well we're gonna we we have pictures of you there okay well i'm gonna click on that to make sure that it's nothing vile right well, now you've you've just emotionally reacted to it right yeah and that's what we try to that's our training is to try to teach people to step back from that emotional moment and just i mean the it doesn't take long for the chemicals in your brain to dissipate to the point where you can critically think again right it's just we're trying to get you to act as quick as possible, right?
0: And that's what a lot of the emails are—is like you got to do this now. You have to do it immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's all that it's really trying to do is trying to get you out of alpha brain mode where you're just on autopilot, and we want you to critically think. Do you think? Do you
0: think? And I don't know if you guys, uh, Michael, feel free to weigh in here, but like I wonder if social media. Um, because it's so like distracting and immediate, and now if that has changed from years ago as far as the fishing style and people responding to them more. Hmm. I, don't I think there's an are... instant gratification brain- mindset. Exactly, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. There's an instant gratification. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And, and and if that's making it easier to fish people nowadays, and I think yeah. I, you actually did mention that in the, in the class today, that millennials are becoming a lot easier, at least as far yeah. as fishing Colin goes. Said that, oh, yeah. Colin said that, yeah.
2: They don't want to talk on the phone.
0: Yeah, they don't want to talk on the phone, but old people are like, hey, how are you? Of course, you know, I feel like we, we've listened to the TF before where there are old people that are very friendly and very
1: helpful. I've talked, I've talked to a number of <laughs> old people on the phone that talked my ear off and I was ready to get off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm no young buck. Right. So, but but there is that okay. lady,
0: she sounded a little bit older, yeah. going with our observations, talker, you know, in the, the section that we had, we're making it a Learning. certain inference, yes. but she sounded older and she was like, uh-uh, I've been through this plenty of times, yeah. No, yeah. I ain't doing shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So it's and she was
1: she's unique. We don't usually yeah, get shut no, down yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. she she was on point and she knew. I mean, she had already fallen for one thing, so that probably kicked her out of the emotional mindset and now she was critically thinking about everything that was happening. Right. And not everyone is like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh I had a thought and now it's gone again. so I think that covered the mindset of OSINT pretty
2: well yeah 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 no that
3: that absolutely did yeah and I it's way easier to retweet someone else's thoughts right and then all of a sudden that's absorbed as your own thinking and you don't think twice about it you think oh this is someone else's perspective let me push this through because I agree with it even if you don't fully agree with it you think well I'm getting the point across you know and it's not completely mine, so I have plausible deniability, but you don't. All of a sudden, you just incriminate yourself. Right. Yeah. There,
2: there's also interesting because a f- years ago, there probably was less education about fishing as well. Right. And there probably was less fishing because, like, less people knew about it. Like, even as targets or as criminals, the less is going to happen, whereas now it's
1: everywhere like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure phishing was around since email was invented.
0: it has <laughs> been I'm, I don't think it's
3: been advanced because they haven't had to be it hasn't been as effective yeah it, it, yeah. all well, of it, a sudden it, every email is that's someone knocking on your door that right. is someone saying hello how you doing today right and that's a stupid email that you're getting from an unknown source that mm-hmm. you have no viability of is this legitimate or not yeah but there should be flags.
1: So yeah, you should be able course. to recognize things that allow you to make intelligent most decisions.
3: Most others don't yeah, think, think about that. It's, and that's
1: the emotional context. It's so yeah. it's, you get them in that moment of you, something about that email like we do. Uh, like you're receiving an annual bonus email. So you hit on greed. And right. you just say click this link to figure out how much you're actually getting. And people are like, yeah, I want that. I mean I sent one I sent one fish that had a document attached to it that was named bonuses and it was a fake document that had a, a malicious payload on it. Right. And it was fake encrypted and said, you need to enable macros to decrypt this confidential
0: information. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Really?
1: And I had,
0: <laughs> there was one guy that
1: received that email that, and it was a interpreter shell, which was the payload.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> so
1: this one individual clicked it, opened the message, ran the payload. It didn't decrypt it. And he got nervous, apparently. I can only assume that because he ended up opening that same document on three other systems, <gasps> including one production system within their PCI oh cardholder data environment. Jesus. And it was just this moment of, this guy wanted into this information so desperately <laughs> that he tried to open it on every machine he could possibly <laughs> oh get his God. hands on. And we compromised a lot of that network pretty much in that moment. I, by I, that I, one person's greedy mindset.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I, I had a... Uh... We had an incident where, um, and this is—I I work on a blue team. We define this. This is an actual attacker coming in, where they get—they send in a phishing email, and one of the one of the persons like clicked on it and it didn't do anything. So she sent it to her manager. Mm-hmm. She clicked on it and it didn't do
1: anything. Oh yeah, we we did one fish that was similar to that where I was going after a lawyer specifically, and. I sent them a message because I had found something in their background that they had some legal issue with their home in a previous home that they owned and it was some battle with a neighbor and there was an active legal issue and it had just recently been closed like the year before. And so I sent this email to this guy and said, you know, there are new charges or new grievances in this court case, and it's been brought back, and, you know, you're going to have to check this link. We're representing the defendant, you're, or, the, pros- or the, the prosecution. Prosecution, maybe. It wasn't criminal, but it was, the, <laughs> the, the, it was plaintiff. The, the plaintiff. Plaintiff, there you go. Was Thank you, Colin. No problem. Uh, the plaintiff has raised new concerns, so we're reopening the case. Please check this link for more details. It's a very short, simple message. This guy opened it, didn't quite open the way he wanted it to, he forwarded it to his his legal team, where multiple people within his legal team opened it, <laughs> trying to get to the bottom of this issue. Right. And- unknowing to them I mean the the scope of that particular test wasn't a malicious payload it was a 404 page so they were really confused on why this <laughs> thing suddenly was just a 404 oh page God. so they sent it around to multiple people now if if the scope was different we could have put any number of payloads on just them visiting that website which means we would have compromised him and his entire legal team which is pretty beneficial depending on your attacker perspective
0: right right yeah Some and sometimes you just get lucky like I know I've sent out one for um like a, a like a payroll in the past, mm-hmm. and I got reports from People like like you got me. And they're like because I was just happened to be, and I didn't know this was going on. I just happened to be dealing with payroll. Yeah, right. So you just get lucky in that regard. Yeah,
1: I just recently did a phishing email that said that uh, the the basic message was your direct deposit information has changed. Thank you for updating your account information. Your next paycheck will be sent to the new account number, and I had done nothing. But that was the text of my my fish. Right, and people freaked out. I started getting more replies to that by saying, I didn't change anything. So replying to a phishing email is almost as dangerous as clicking on the link. Right. Because now you're starting a conversation with the attacker. Yeah. And it gives them opportunity to, one, get more information out of you based on either your email signature or your email headers. We now have gathered more information about you and your system. And you're engaged. You've bought into our story. Now we can go back and say, oh, sorry, this is the link that tells us what the difference is. You might not have been affected. Now go visit this link instead. And you can just go back and forth with this conversation. Conversation. So, we got so many people clicking on it. We got so many people replying to it <laughs> because it immediately hit home. They were expecting a paycheck later that week and they did not want it going to the wrong account number. Oh
3: my gosh. And it that falls was enough. right back to that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What bigger trigger an emotion? In <laughs> your paycheck? In your pay. Yeah. Right. That's, what, that's, that's exactly your what it is.
1: And that's what we do day in and day out for our phishing campaigns. And then we teach the critical thinking of step away from that. Like if you took two minutes, you saw that email, and you're like, oh no, my paycheck's gonna go to some random place, take a second, step back, nothing is gonna happen in the next two to five minutes that's gonna affect this decision or this reaction, but enough to let your the brain chemicals dissipate and you can go, all right, so this didn't come from my HR person. This didn't come from my HR company right. like this. There's so many different flags you can hit on. But when you're in that emotional state, it literally blocks your brain from critical thinking.
0: So is there, so is there a recommendation, like a specific recommendation you have? Because you say step away. But is that is that literally like getting up and taking a lap around the office or going outside for a minute? If that's what it takes
1: for you to do that, yes.
0: Yeah. Just think. Play, 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 play. You know, pull out your phone and play Tetris or something for yeah. a few minutes, I mean, and then come back to the email. Right
1: to say screen. it's not brain science is kind of a misnomer because it kind of is brain science. <laughs> right. But it's, it's no.
3: It's, it is. It's a. It's it just is just a lot of brain science. Yeah.
1: Alt tab for a minute. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's that moment of when you're overly when you it's self awareness right but so you also have doing. to
0: cuz a lot of times you automatically just go into when so, it's a trigger right and mm-hmm. something triggers that yeah. it's really hard to get out of that moment to where you go okay i need to go over here so it's almost like creating a new habit for people of saying okay i'm going to get up and go walk outside i'm going to go play ping pong i'm going to go you know it, do whatever that's yeah. their goal right that's, that is that point. is
3: right. what they're honing that, in on that's right? what that's that what we're trying to teach. The Objective,
0: yeah.
1: And it doesn't mean having to get up and waste time. It can be as much as just sitting back. But that's not
0: your, wasting time. If you don't compromise your organization, your you you've not back wasted back any time. Oh. <laughs> you've been. But, but
1: from the target's perspective, they don't want to just get up and walk around. Right. They
0: don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they want to keep things to do. There, they exactly. got work to
1: do. I mean, right. they're in the middle of doing right. something when they receive this email. But it's it's it literally is. Like, a minute to two worth of time is all it takes. So, like, taking your hand off the keyboard when you start to feel yourself being emotional. Right. You... For me, personally, I don't get emotional at work. There isn't an emotional component to work for me. Or I try not to. And if it is emotional, I'm doing something wrong and I have to stop... And think about what is making me emotional.
3: That's and, not everyone,
1: and, right? Maybe not.
0: Well, you but do, you're you're do deal with Chris air. on a daily basis, yeah. so right. I hope, hopefully you got yeah. in the habit of. Well, okay, I'm gonna step. Away.
1: I've been like that for a long time. It's just a, it's being a not very emotional person in public, right? right? So I.
0: Re- you are very like steady, like like I, yes, that's purposeful. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's good.
1: But it's the. And it doesn't even matter if it's a phishing email or not. If I'm in a chat session with a coworker and I'm starting to get emotional, I take my hands off the keyboard and I sit and take a couple deep breaths. Right. Because it's not professional to get overly emotional right. in that context. Yeah. Emotion has its place and its time and we're all human and we're all gonna experience emotion but it's not appropriate for every moment. And it's trying to recognize that and and not even that it's appropriate but it might not be necessary for every moment. So if I'm receiving a payroll email the, the a legitimate payroll email from my payroll department they're not expecting me to get overly emotional about whatever they're telling me so if suddenly I'm overly emotional about a particular thing my payroll department has just told me there's a problem that's a flag and it's a flag to right. pick up on right. like it's they're not trying to make you emotional a real payroll department is going to be like you're not getting paid this week unless you haven't been doing your job
0: <laughs> right <is> totally <laughs> that's a different unless you story. haven't been at work but that's right. a different conversation <laughs> but if it's a
1: normal <laughs> and you kind of, of don't day, care at that point either yeah. right if you haven't right. been at work a working week and they're like we're not paying you you've got other problems yeah. 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 but emotion comes into play and so yeah. the the best thing you can do to combat almost any social engineering attack is recognizing your own personal emotional state if you can recognize your own personal emotional state, yeah. you can you can now build a defense against social engineering.
0: That, I'd even say that's just like outside, like just work in general. Like you everyone, said, dealing with a coworker. Everyone. Yeah, it's just like dealing with a, with a coworker where you're just and you're just like stressed out. It's like I got to take a minute off. Got to got got to like yeah. get into that steady calm state again. Versus this fired up. I want to respond now with like all caps.
3: Yeah. I'm gonna rip your head off. Yeah. It's, no, take a step back. Yeah. But- yeah. And see it,
1: the big picture it helps in so many different areas to have a healthy emotional state which encourages <laughs> yes. everybody to have <laughs> everybody a healthy emotional a bit, state yeah, yeah. and recognizing your own emotions
0: Yeah, how much how much recommendation do you give to intuition because there is that like you and you mentioned it, Michael where it's like red flags going off should be going off like yeah. do, do you recommend that at all because I feel like that's also maybe a little I don't know Woo woo, is as far as you know, intuition goes, but no, I feel like that if, is also like there is that voice in your head if something going, doesn't feel This isn't right, a bad idea, this isn't going, you know. If something doesn't feel right,
1: it's, it's worth the minute or two to figure out if that's right or not, right? Yeah, unless it's a life or death situation. Yeah, that's really the only situation I can right. think of where you need yeah. to act without thinking right. and you have to act instinctually. Every other moment in your life, other than a life and death situation warrants a level of critical thinking
0: an email and a phone call aren't is not a life or death situation
3: nope. no.
1: yeah. not even if someone on the other end of the phone is saying is yelling at you in such a manner that it feels threatening <laughs> there's they're still just on the other end of the phone unless right. they're saying like we've got your family which that can happen but you can verify that without freaking out over the phone <laughs> yeah yeah and then if they actually do have your family, that's a totally different <laughs> situation. <laughs> and
3: really,
2: really... really that is not
1: <laughs> in scope. That's right. not in scope. Yeah. <laughs> Kidnapping has never been in our scope. And
0: really, there's nothing you can do there in that moment that's going to, like, yeah. immediately fix that anyway. So, yeah. Right. Know. It's just a phone call. Hang up the phone. Call the police. Money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's... <laughs> go to the bank. Yeah. Get your money. Get your I family mean, and, back. And
1: that, from a vishing standpoint, it's that classic phone call that I'm sure everybody has received at one point, which is, this is Microsoft calling, there are hackers in your area, right. You know, we're here to help. It's like, Microsoft doesn't do that. So if you're afraid of hackers being in your area... Mm-hmm. Hacking your system? <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> not even a relevant thing to say necessarily right. because area is irrelevant. But aside from wireless attacks, but we won't go deep into Maybe, those attacks. No. Yeah, but we we're kind of off <laughs> a little bit
0: here already talking about phishing emails. But yeah, yeah.
1: so you know that those emails are they're they're telling you that something dangerous is happening and they're trying to get you to emotionally react.
0: Right.
1: And on that phone call, you can just say. I actually play with them a little bit and say, really, go on, tell me yeah. about these hackers.
0: So that's what I was going to ask you too, is is as far as OSINT goes, and I'm trying to bring it back here a little bit, but- Good job. And I've recently had this idea about, because we've, we, so we've had people respond to, like you were talking about responding to emails, yeah. right? And I've used that in training because there were three or four emails. Eventually she, eventually the person figured it out, Yeah. right? But, like being able to walk through that, I was like, that's valuable information as far as what they were asking for. They were yeah. asking for this person to go buy iTunes cards, yeah. to scratch off the back, take a picture of it, and send it to them. And it was yeah. like twenty five hundred dollars in, in in iTunes gift cards, like right? Yeah. And so I've wondered from a from an OSINT on a blue team perspective, if it would be like time for us to start engaging those people. It, with full understanding, like an, an actual security person trained to do this, responding to these people like, what do you need? What do you, what help can I – what can I help you with? And then trying to start seeing some of these tactics that these attackers are using. Would you consider that OSINT or is so that – basically basically honeypotting an attacker.
1: Yes. It's, it's only really useful in the fact – like, me personally, it's a hobby of mine when right. I get those phone calls is I like to keep them on the phone as long as possible. Like, <laughs> so I like to get multiple else? callbacks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm wasting their time now. Right. And I've done this to the point where... Those, those calling from Microsoft things, they try to get you to go to a log me in, and I've been escalated up through multiple of their tech support, nice. because I'm inept when it comes to using computers. <laughs> it's not, I, not working. I don't know if I have an internet connection or not. <laughs> That's great. Right? And so you talk them through, and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to send you to a senior engineer. And it's like, okay, if you have to, and you get to the senior engineer, and then they give you a, a, a log me in number, and you... You type it in mindfully and say, I'm sorry, that didn't work. Do you have another one? And they give you another one, and then you collect two or three of them, and then you turn those numbers into the log me and abuse line and get them all shut off. Right. And it gives them, it wastes their time. In fact, I've been hung up on them a couple times because after the third or fourth phone call, they realize that I'm just completely inept and not worth it as a target, or I was made. Either way, I got four <laughs> or five phone calls out of them that lasted 20 to 50 minutes. Yeah, there you go, yeah. And I and I also took enough information from them to get a lot of their account, their demo accounts, just.
0: So you, yeah, you're essentially like oh, so, like social engineering the the social engineers at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: see how that's, good they are at their game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're an, an expert.
0: expert. Yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah.
1: They're, they're going to either do that to me, and I'm going to know what's happening, or they're going to do it to some elderly person that doesn't know what's going on right. and suddenly own that person.
0: Well, today. from my perspective, is is that, like I said, I'm doing Lunch and Learns. I'm doing uh, quarterly training with, like, developers. Uh, but I'm also – I've started getting into, like, town halls and getting, like, 10 minutes. And so if I can, like, bring that to those people – and I've also thought about – taking some of the stuff I'm seeing in, in, from a looting perspective and putting it on a blog post. I feel like that like contributes to security I don't know, bitterness. you wanna say
1: something at a town hall? Say, tech support will never proactively call you about a problem. Microsoft is not going out and That's looking- That's actually
0: a really good point. Is not looking for <laughs> people's problems. Right. you
1: have bought well, the software, now it's your problem. Well, but for our- It's well, a feature. Well, right, but for
0: our- <laughs> So for, for our scenario though, it would be like our internal IT staff calling those people, which could happen if they've put in a ticket. You know, so they've you know,
1: done something to right, warrant absolutely. that phone right, call response. Yeah,
0: so yeah. now an unsolicited phone call right, exactly. isn't going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: Especially to the old lady down the street who suddenly gets a call from Microsoft, either via email or phone call, that Microsoft is reaching out to them to solve some problem that the woman doesn't know about. Right. Microsoft does not do that. No. That is not in their business model. No, it's not. Yeah. So if you're receiving one of those, that should be an immediate red flag that that's a suspicion. Yeah. Businesses do not care about you. They don't want to help you. They want to make money from <laughs> you. Yeah, that, if, if you have a problem, they have a helpline you can call. Right. The helpline will not call you proactively. Hmm. It just never happens. Yeah. And if there's a company out there that actually does proactively call their people, I would hope they have some level of verification built into their phone calls to tell them that they're legitimate because most right. of those are completely illegitimate. Yeah. In fact, I've never personally heard of a company that. Does I haven't
0: that. heard of this company either. We so probably call our, our clients. clients. We do. But <laughs> that's because we're fish-
3: fishing. fishing oh, Different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah, we're emulating yeah.
3: attackers. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, that's to get something across to a group of people who are not familiar with social for. With social engineering in general or computer security, which, you know, sometimes we pick on elderly people, but there are some very intelligent elderly people that don't fall for these problems. I mean, I've educated my mother to the point where she has busted a number of scams that have tried and been going against oh, her really? because of the the information that I give her and tell her right. what I do for a job. And then now when someone calls her and says, there's hackers in your area, she's like, yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Buy right. a click and hangs up. And so she has people have tried to go after her a number of times not because she is her because individually she's just another target right but she doesn't succumb to those where some of her neighbors might be viable to that
0: well that's why I think security awareness and I know this is a big um, big uh, Chris Hadnagy social engineering uh, company motto is there's a human patch the human right there is a patch yeah there is a patch to the human and that's that's why I totally believe in like security and why I try to make an effort like I am you, every once a month burning one of my lunch hours to sit in front of people and just show them something from it. And it is like how to be a hacker. So it's like I'm showing them the techniques that they're using yeah. on how to do this stuff. We've we've gone and done Showdan. We've gone, I've done you guys earlier, we had a hack five essentials kit. It's like, mm-hmm. here's how I intercept your Wi-Fi, you yeah. know? Here's how I, when I plug a USB stick in, here's how I can run commands that, you know, do these different things on your computer, so.
1: Yeah, but there's yeah. a, there's a trick to so for security awareness training. So not all security awareness training is effective. Right. So it all depends on the user base and the people that you're addressing. It needs to it needs to have a personal element to them mm-hmm. for the Right. Which is why again, state.
0: my lunch and learns and and like yeah. I, I spend an hour, I bring them I actually bring them food. They're like it's a lunch and learn. I thought I was, I was like no, I am provide like I've gotten budget you know, for for you know, like uh, less than a hundred bucks a month to each month. Go do this, like. But even further than that, the risks that you're giving them need to be
3: personalized.
1: Yeah. So yeah. The, yeah. the security training for the sales team should be different than the security training for the accounting department. Sure. They have different risks and different exposures
0: well, I haven't exposure. those departments yet. I'm working on. That. Right, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying in general. There's, there's politics here. behind that one. Hard but to get yeah. into those. <laughs> yeah. Right,
1: but in general, when you're building a security awareness program, you can't do a cookie cutter program no, for I agree. in the company but
0: you can't i mean but but um i i can like in this one where we we did oh sin for one of them it was like okay let's 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 pull up the, the company website let's go through all this stuff how would you attack this person and so we walked through how we would attack different people within the organization because i've not only seen we not only get like weekly emails from the finance the, the cfo the ceo on phishing scams spear phishing scams targeted at them and then also, I have seen like people in the security team, you know, a senior person get an email from their manager, all because it's all LinkedIn information, right? So it's like it's top to bottom stuff like that that we're seeing. And I just, you know, yeah. try to share that with with everybody, along with like just just there's just so much information. I've blown people's minds with like um, like we had a a dev sent me an email and he was like, "Is this phishing?" And I did my OSINT on it and it was no more like a recruiter or some kind of technical person. And what I did during that training was I I, I kinda made a point to no, this was a legitimate email, but you know, here's this person. and He made it. He is like, this is an actual person. And he's like, oh well, I should have. You know, he made some joke about setting up a date for a lunch person. I was like, as a matter of fact, here's her Instagram account, her personal Instagram account, and you know, so they got a laugh, but also like showed some of the seriousness of like what's out there yeah. that you can just it's searchable for people.
2: Yeah, I had that recently as well. Just it was not in a corporate setting. It was just people like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't even bother locking down any of my stuff. I don't put anything on there, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Well, that's, and I, like, it took a minute not to say, well, that's dumb. But it was <laughs> yeah. just like, okay. But you have family on there. So, once again, like he said, the personal thing is big. It's like, okay, you leave that open. I can see where you live. I can see your license plate number. I can see when you're not home. And I can see your family. I can also see when your family
0: is not home, but one person in your family is. Yeah. And that's a big one for me. Like I try, yeah. I, I try there's not to, to put that on Twitter a whole lot. Like I'm going to, you know, this place or yeah. that place. I try to, yeah. That's and it's like, like their individual pieces were
2: not compromising, but I showed them. Okay, this is how I profile you, and then your sister's home alone at these times. Right. Yeah. That's a bad thing to have out there. You get a different response. You, you get a different response. A like there was like that look of fear. Yeah. And it was like, okay, he understands now.
0: Like, this is a bad thing. You almost have to kind of show them the the dark side of things to be like, this is... You basically just have to make it personal to them. Yep. Once it becomes
1: personal to them, like, there's lots of political viewpoints and societal viewpoints that people gloss over because it's not personal to them. Right. But once you make it personal... They can change their perspective very quickly. And security awareness is the exact same way. Once you make it personal to them and you tell them exactly how vulnerable they specifically are, not their company, not their department, how that single person is vulnerable, they take that to heart. And they think about that a little bit differently. And the idea of us doing that, doing OSINT on an executive and giving them six pages of their life that we (laughs) discovered is to tell them what is publicly available. Now, a lot of times, you can't take that information offline once it's online. It's just in the ether somewhere. But telling them what we have found gives them empowerment to know what information is publicly available so then if someone comes at them using that piece of information, now they know that's publicly available so that might not be a legit request.
0: Right. Or it's even, it, it, to me it's almost like the, the obscure things that they've forgotten about that you find that you can like pivot on. You can on. piece
3: together your own puzzle. Right. That's like, if you figure out the picture, right? the end result of what they're trying to hide right? based yeah. off of six months of some type of submitted information over any type of means, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that it, picture well, it, is completely different. Well, than What even, they thought they were projecting.
0: Right. It's an It's even like like dating sites, like Ashley Madison Everything. or anything. Everything. Like that. Is those out are there. those are the more sensitive ones. Like you said, it's sex. that you get, you get people to click on is sex. It's yeah. all. That out is there. also one thing oh, that, that has the most impact. And that
1: Ashley Madison thing broke. That was a huge phishing vector of. Oh, yeah. We found this email, either your email or your spouse's email. Yeah. And then we send it to you saying, hey, we found this in the Ashley, Ashley Madison dump, and they're going to go check. Right. It's curiosity. It's fear. It's all of those emotions all piled in.
0: Right. Yeah, we, 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 we recently had, and this is public knowledge, but we recently had new investors for our company. And so, like, we're already, like, planning, like when something new hits like that kind of thing it's like send something out to the rest of the organization and i actually have a dev that listens to this podcast so he should if he clicks on that link i'm gonna be very disappointed but um, don't, do <laughs> yeah, don't do it yeah don't do it but it's like yeah it's like it's like we and we have a lot report of report it right and we've had a lot of insider knowledge like i have a lot of insider knowledge so it's like yeah. i and i'm i'm like with people that know that i'm coming after them it's like i'll be a little bit more mean I you know I think yeah. I told you I got had a pretty high click rate on the security yeah. team because I had some really insider knowledge. So, there were still yeah. a couple of triggers that they could have figured out on. Yeah, but uh, you know for the most part for the most part yeah it's 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 like you know we but, but that's also what attackers are going to do especially if it's right. public knowledge. But when we when we approach it from
1: an education standpoint we SECOM uses uh, a process of using multiple levels of sophistication of emails. So when we are phishing an entire user base for an entire month, we will fish, uh We will start everyone out at a level one, which is basically your 419 scam. And yeah. Everybody who...
0: Nigeria. Yeah. yeah. So
1: we send that out to everybody. <laughs> and the, the expected response that, we're, that we want is that these people do not click the link and they report it to the proper authority within their company. Right. So that's what we call the ideal. And so the people who perform the ideal behavior on that first level get graduated to a level two email. And the level two email becomes a little bit more personal, a little bit harder to distinguish from a real email. Right. And then we go through this process through up through three levels. So once someone gets to level three, this is a very, uh, it's a very believable email. Mm-hmm. There's no spelling or grammar issues. There's no uh, major flags. There's only a couple flags that they're really expected to find, and then they they try to advance through there. But it allows people to. Uh, graduate on their own, and it provides a reward, a reward opportunity for the company to teach security awareness. Where people who are doing the ideal behavior get some public recognition within the company, and then everyone else starts looking at these testing emails a little bit differently, right? And want to be part of that recognition. They want to be part of that group yeah. of people who are idealistic. Yeah. So it gets people just critically thinking about email more often. And so, like your example, you're basically spearfishing your entire company. But if you're spearfishing your entire company and you haven't gone through the, the methods of ramping people up to that, then yeah. you're nothing but winning. And you're not really proving a yeah, really good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. You're not That's proving a point. a point because they don't, they don't have any level of expectation that something bad is going to happen. But unless you kind of ease them into that, now the critical thinking becomes habitual. Right. And once it becomes habitual, then you hit them with that really – Targeted spearfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they'll be more critical about what they're looking at. But if you just, you know, hit someone over the head with a sledgehammer, what's the mitigation to that? Right. Like you, you're basically saying, oh, you should have caught these one or two things, but they've never been trained to think that critically.
3: Right. Unless so you're the
0: security team, and I feel like the security team should be on top of this game. You. <laughs> Completely different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's
3: what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I, I absolutely agree with you. It's like, it's definitely like the greater. Uh, organization will get some dumb basic template but like 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 we're getting certain groups involved and and the developers unfortunately like developers because i've worked with them for so long at this point and it's like i'm gonna be a little bit more mean to you than i am gonna be the rest of the organization because because they are reporting stuff they are letting me know about stuff their click rate is way lower than than some of the other people in general. So, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you, though. Is that like, I, I feel like you have, but I've been working with the developers. When I first started, they had like a basic fish, you know, they had above 50%. And so at this point, the, the latest fish that I've done, it's it's a lot lower than that. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's like you guys have improved. We're getting better. Yeah, That's actually what I want to see. And you want to push their means, boundaries. Right. that's also, yeah, exactly. I'm going to push, I'm going to ramp it up a little bit more. Yeah. I'm going to, there's still going to be little things here or there. In, in the URL or in the email that you should be able to pick up on. Yeah. And but sometimes I also like I said, I just get lucky with certain yeah. things going on that emotion takes over, you know? Or right, work but you takes also have over. to
1: think about the uh, like the the story that you described was a special luncheon or something, and was that ever publicly
0: disclosed to the general internet? No, absolutely not. No, so, I was just being yeah. a dick then. That yeah, night. So it was that's kind of cheating. Yes, again, I still gave them. To, but it, it's, it's the insider information. It's insider. It is they actually it's not cheating. Is.
2: It's not, <laughs> yeah. not OSINT at it's, that point. It's, yeah.
0: it's
2: <laughs> <pretty much laughs> not <enough>. right.
1: And <laughs> you know, an attack like that could absolutely happen right. if one person's account was suddenly compromised. Like we've done that a number of times. Where right. We, we compromise someone's account <laughs> and then we go through their email list and. And then we start phishing from their account right. with information based on threads like we start adding to additional threads and those are really tough to find because they're coming from trusted people right but if it's a request that that person doesn't normally ask for or it's just seems out of the ordinary the critical thinking will pick up on that but if you're emotionally acting right you're gonna miss it completely right
0: well and and yeah it, it was it was totally just more a a fun thing to do, I guess, for me. <laughs> but I also we also have fun things where we're spearfishing some of the executives within the security infrastructure, just yeah. to kind of. I, I I feel Keep like some of that. It just it's it's more fun than anything, right? And, and people don't you don't know, get haha, but it's all it 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 it's just. Yeah, it, it, is, it is to kind of prove a point that I can fish, and I recognize that it's like I can fish anybody, and yeah. and I will take those numbers and I will go to you know the developers that I have a quarterly security training with and go, I can fish anybody. Look, here's how the security team fared. You guys did a good job. So at this point, I'm actually boosting up the developers a little bit, boosting yeah. their confidence a little bit, and saying, this 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 is really tough. Yeah. This is really tough. You guys are doing a great job. You know, but it, yeah, it, public recognition goes right. a long way to helping people maintain right, exactly. ideal behavior. Yeah, changes the emotional
3: content. Yeah. You can't yeah. just keep knocking them down. Yeah, it, you're never yeah. going to solve. It. Well, I'm just gonna be a dick you're to the security gonna, team every time because you're just always cause gonna I to deflect like, yeah. the blame. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's, well, how could I have expected this? Mm-hmm. You know, if you build them up to that, yeah. you expect more out of them.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's,
3: that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I would not have sent that same email to, the, like, the developers or yeah. something. Like, I would have sent it to the security team. It's like, you guys really should know better. And, like, ag- again, like, half of them did know better. <laughs> it was the people, you know, that just, again, let an emotion get to them.
3: Everyone Some, a lot of them that.
0: didn't have as much experience in the field either. So it's kind of like, here.
3: Here's- everyone needs to know that. Yeah, exactly. You can be in accounting. But you're not somehow absolved from the situation. You're yeah. going to be targeted. Yeah, yeah. I would
0: never do the student targeting you know? go, ha ha, I got you. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like I want to like ramp them up. And it's also like, I feel like too, it's like I'm trying to, because I'm on the boot team, I see that and I click on the links, I see the phishing emails we get. I want to cater some of those same phishing emails to our people, because then we can find the people that are high risk, right? And that's what I want to identify from that standpoint
2: course makes sense
0: yeah cool all right game. on that note we are like over an hour which is i don't know what i'm gonna cut but i'm gonna have to cut something to get down to two maybe it'll be a three-part i don't know but you wanted to plug stuff <laughs> oh yeah. yeah we have uh, the public <laughs>
1: osink course happening in denver uh it's gonna be april 23rd and 24th it's
0: that was confirmed yes it's on the website you can sign up for it in denver it's in denver nice Bring us whiskey. Two-day course or... It's the two-day course. I brought them whiskey, so you have to bring them whiskey, especially if you listen to this podcast. Yes. And, and love they, lo- they love whiskey. You want to get in with, with uh, Colin and Ryan, you, you bring some whiskey for them. Yeah. Absolutely. So. so
1: we have that going on. And I'm also giving a, a, a speech in November 11th at the Pacific Hackers Conference in Silicon Valley. So... Bring him whiskey there too.
0: Bring, bring him whiskey. Bring there me me lots have. of whiskey. Yeah. He
1: would.
2: He would very much
0: appreciate whiskey. I don't. Yeah. Less hugs, more whiskey for yeah. Ryan. I will take more hugs, less whiskey. I, I, I don't know that anyone could tell from this podcast, but Ryan was very nervous about coming on the podcast. That's why there was this joke about Colin writing up no questions. For him. I think he did great. Hey, you did a really good job. See, you get you
3: talking, and I, well, you did yeah. a good job making a conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Go yeah. team. So, was that it? Go, go to P Hack sign up for our class yeah, social-engineer.org dot com dot com social-engineer.com there's a dot org somewhere there is, is. a dot org but our,
1: our but training- that's a
0: fishing <laughs> one right
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine.
1: Yeah. the dot com is our corporate entity so you'll find it on the events page
0: uh, but yeah, yeah. alright cool alright thanks guys for joining me thanks for the whiskey yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. drink some more I will alright thanks man alright